Yeah. So, like, there's so many conversations you have in life that you probably say slightly stupid things, but, like, people know you. They know what your intention is. They know it's, like... But once you record it and it's out there, it's just like it is what it is. So you got to yep. be really careful about stupid stuff that you say. That is true. I think we need to turn the lights off. <laughs> it's too bright in here. I was actually going to keep them on tonight. So the one of the the benefits we have. So this podcast, we tend to record a few weeks before we actually post it. Um, and part of that's because we just need a little bit of runway and forgiveness in case like we miss a week or JP accidentally skips a week in editing and we have to <laughs> completely lose an entire episode. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing is like when you're giving us feedback about episode three, like we're recording episode eight. So yeah. we don't like the, the detriment of doing that is we don't have a lot of runway to apologize for our mistakes. So yeah. we just wanted to take a quick moment and say, we're so sorry. <laughs> If we offended anyone in any way, we apologize. Yeah. A lot of our offenses come from being sarcastic or not knowing any better. Yeah. Uh, and, and our that's apologies. That's not an excuse, but you know, we're yeah. learning and we'll not do it again in the future. Yeah. So uh, send your feedback to example at example.com and <laughs> we will work. respond promptly. <laughs> no, but uh, really, it, yeah. it, uh, we, we want to make sure we put our best foot forward there. So yeah. um, apologies. Uh, however... This is a podcast that we do. It's called Point by Point. It's a weekly conversation where we consider life's questions. Something, something, something. And sometimes we spoil a thing. Or ruin a thing. And yeah. maybe that's a spoiler in itself. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't always spoil things. That's true. Usually we do. So, well, let's uh, let's get started. So, we... um, uh, What's your name? Oh, yeah. So, I'm Steve. Eventually... We're going to get this opening thing down. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Every episode I've edited or listened to so far, we have like a little bit of a, we have our own spin on it. Every time we got a little new yeah. spin on our opener. Uh, but your name is Steve Carroll. Yep. And my name is? JP Camara. That's right. Yep. And we don't have to tell what the show is again, because we got that. Do we, so we, okay, so next week we'll start with the names and then we'll say what the show name is, the premise of it, and then we'll get into the, the hot, hot, sweet, sweet action. That's right. All right. So what, uh, what's on the docket this week, JP? Well, my concept Stop. is mindset. What, what is mindset? Well, mindset is like the way you approach things, right? So I, this isn't an original idea I'm listening to. I'm re-listening to a book called Mindset, which is about a uh, psychologist book about the she just breaks it down into two types of mindsets. One is a fixed mindset. One is a growth mindset. One thinks that you have like natural abilities and all you can do in life is just prove to people how much you have those abilities. The other one is everything is growable. Like mm -hmm. I can improve on this. Any challenge I hit, it just means I need to work harder or change the way I work on things. And that's what the whole book is about. It, talk, it gives tons of examples of people that she thinks are in those mindsets. It gives studies they've done to see how people are impacted by trying to put them into a particular mindset. So like hmm. telling people, like giving them an exercise and being like, Hey, there, you know, there's 50 people, 25 of you, I'm going to say to you, this is a, you know, that's a fixed resource. Like if you're good at it, you're good at it. If not, you're not. So like, we're going to do this thing and see how everybody does. And the other group, they go, this is something everybody can work on. We're going to continue to progress as we go along and then see how the, and they did lots and lots of studies like that. And they found that the people in the fixed group were stunted and started to do worse and worse as they went along. And the people in the growth group 
um, just progressed. And as they hit challenges, they would just overcome them and move on to the next thing because they were told up front that I can do better at this. And, uh, yeah. So Hmm. that's kind of the whole concept of the first part of the book just goes through a lot of like those studies, examples of people in different industries and sports and stuff like that. And then the last part of the book is about how you can impact it in your life, how you can uh, use it to impact children. Is there a benefit to fixed mindset? She, you know what? She does actually talk about, like, briefly about uh, – there aren't very many, I think, at least in her opinion. And I, I would agree with her, but, you know, maybe someone else would have a different argument. But uh, there aren't really benefits to it uh, that I know of. I think there's a small section near the end that I don't remember from the first time I read it. I'm about halfway through it this time. Uh, that she goes into, like, some stuff that's kind of beneficial. And she also, like, talks about how, like, it's a, everybody has some fixed aspects to their life that they think are fixed, whether or not they should be or not. There are things that maybe just aren't as important to you or just things, you know, for instance, a really good example for, for me is like drawing. Like I always mm-hmm. thought like drawing and art and stuff was like a fixed thing. It was just like you had it or you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I have like a little bit of it, but mostly I don't. And I never thought I could be like anybody who's like very capable of like painting or any stuff like that. And, you know, she has a long section about how that's actually not a fixed thing. Like lots Hmm. of people who have no artistic capability can actually improve that. And there are resources and stuff for that. Um, But like everybody has different fixed aspects and that's okay. Like you can't be growth and everything all the time. Hmm. Um, But I can't, I can't think of the reason why fixed would be good, except maybe it would like, I don't know. I can't think of a good reason unless we talk about it. And so with a, with a fixed mindset, you, uh, let me see if I understand this cor- correctly. Like sure. you would maybe approach a problem believing that you only have so much intelligence going into solving the problem. Yeah. And once you hit the limit to your intelligence, then, and, and if you haven't solved the problem yet, then there's no way to actually solve for you to solve the problem. Essentially. Yeah. It's, uh, Intelligence is kind of like a broad term for it. I mean, like it's it's all different skills. So, like intelligence would be one. So, for instance, it was a problem that was like some kind of logic problem, or you know, she uses puzzles with children as an example. Hmm. And with children, uh, the kids they so they gave these puzzles out to all these kids, and they they would continue to escalate like the difficulty of them. They all started out like pretty easy, and they all liked the puzzles a lot. But then the the kids started to branch off because they gave them a harder puzzle. The kids who they uh, attributed the fixed mindset to, when they started hitting challenges, they would say they would say things like, "Oh, you know what? Like, I'm not really that interested in that puzzle." Like, once they got stuck, they'd be like, "I'm not really interested in it." Or like, oh. they would say, "Like, hey, you know, you want to bring this home?" And the kid would be like, "Oh, you know, I think I have that at home." They would just lie to them and be like, "Yeah, I have it at home. Like, I don't need it," just because they like don't want to be near it anymore. Because part of the fixed mindset, aside from thinking you're uh, you have limits to what you can do, yeah. you also don't want people to know about them. And so you do everything you, your goal is to make it look like you're smart in the things that you're doing. And so for them to continue to struggle with that makes them look dumb or makes them look incapable of doing that thing. And so they try to shy away from it. And it's the same thing with like schoolwork and stuff like that. So with the growth mindset, some of those kids with a growth mindset may never solve the puzzle, but some of the joy is just playing with the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, literally some of the statements she said were like, wow, like I didn't realize it would be, you know, I'm really, I'm really glad it's this hard or something like that. You know, like they're like huh. really into the fact that it's hard and they'll, they'll ask to bring it home and they don't care that they have to keep trying and trying and that they're not getting to it. Like to them, it's just like, I will get this eventually, or I'm just going to keep trying. Huh. Uh, and it, and that has a big impact on their later, uh, you know, schoolwork and yeah. how they approach assignments, even the way they think about school and stuff like that. So like, 
a fixed mindset person. Um, I mean, this, this one's like, was a little more vague to me, but like a fixed mindset person, she attributed like, uh, rote memorization and stuff like that is more of a fixed mindset attribute hmm. versus like a, a very growth minded person tries to approach learning as like, what are the themes? What are the concepts of the thing that I'm looking at versus like, let me just figure it all out. Like, let me memorize all of it. So when I take the test, I can just dump it out. Right. You actually say like, what, what does, how does this work? So that if I encounter something I don't know, I can figure it out. Oh man. I have like, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a really um, good book. Just listen to it. I read it or read it. Yeah. What's it called again? Mindset. Mindset. Yeah. Okay. It's My, by a psychologist. Uh, crap. I don't remember. Her name. My memory is not very good and I don't think it's going to get much better. So good luck. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just oh, kidding. No, I think so, you're telling the truth. So fascinating. Uh, no, oh, so many questions. Well, I guess like one of the things that I'm, I'm wondering about is like, like, is that, so like the, the fixed mindset thing, is that something like, someone brings to the table like with all of them is it are there like certain facets of maybe like their personality that gets connected to that and Mm -hmm. like uh for example like when i was growing up um i was really bad at memorization so Mm -hmm. anything in school involving like memorizing long lists yeah i would tend to do like the bare minimum Mm -hmm. of what i knew i'd need to memorize in order to to scrape by yeah yeah. um whereas if it was something like say like sitting and solving a puzzle like a Rubik's cube. Like I could sit for hours just like tinkering with the thing. Hmm. Um, like two very engaging, two very different parts of my brain. Like one side is like this, like repetitive, you know, I, I don't know what to call it, but like I would call it boring yeah, yeah, thing. And then there's this other kind of exploratory problem solving, investigate how something works side of my brain. Sure. I mean, I guess you, you could argue that, the thing that is involves a lot of memorization. If you could think of it thematically, then you maybe wouldn't need as much memorization, but there are certainly mm-hmm. things where it is just straight memorization. I mean, like you're, if you're in an AP history class or something like that, and you're just learning like tons you of, just remember all 50 States say, and, yeah, their, ca- right. and their capitals <laughs> and their capitals. Like yeah. forget about it. <laughs> uh, Honestly, if you ask me that right now, I pr- I hope to God I can remember all the states, but I definitely can't remember all the capitals. We'll quiz you later and uh, and figure out how that many would be you fun. One, <laughs> you're at twenty five. I'm just sweating and crying. Uh, He's naming things in the kitchen. <laughs> light bulb is that one? <laughs> uh, filaments the capital of light bulb. Uh. <laughs> it is in my new country. Filament will be the capital of light bulb. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think. You definitely that she definitely reiterates many times that you can be very growth in one area and very fixed in another area. Mm-hmm. So I think definitely what you're saying. Well, I mean, I guess you weren't necessarily fixed. It was kind of like you just had a hard time memorizing things. But you, when you got but to I the other thing, I didn't want to approach it with a like right. So my yeah my thing was just I'm not by. good at memorizing, so I'm not going to focus my time, energy, that, and attention. No, that's a great this. point. Then yeah, I think that is a very fixed mindset. Yeah. Is like. Yeah. Oh, you know what? And and I, I, I have lots of things like that, especially when it comes to memory. Like I think a lot of the time, like I don't have a very good memory. So like, et cetera, like I do these things to augment it, but I probably could do things to work on making my memory better. Right. Certain aspects of it anyway, even that might be a fixed mindset. Huh. Uh, but, but yeah, you can definitely, I mean, you know, the drawing example that I, that I talked yeah. about, like I always, until I read the book the first time, uh, I always thought that it was like, especially drawing more than almost anything else. It was just like, that is a thing you can do or you can't. Huh. And there's actually a book called, uh, what is it? Uh, new drawing right side of the brain or something like that. I have hmm. a, a link to it. 
but uh, it basically is a book that the goal of it is to teach people to be able to draw in a way that makes them look like a competent artist. I mean, like obviously with any skill, and she talks about this a lot is like, there's certain things you can do, but it doesn't mean that you'll be great at them. It just mm-hmm. means you'll be good enough to be like competent at them. And then you can grow from there, uh, but it's not like, it's not magic. So like right. if I read this book, I might be able to do some things really well past that point. And I'm very interested in reading this book now. Um, but it's not like I'm going to be, you know, like I know some people are like very, very good artists and yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be anywhere near them. And it would take me, you know, probably years of work and out, you know, hundreds or thousands of hours. Well, Cause of, they've put in that time. Exactly. So like they had, they, for whatever reason, had that skill earlier on, mm-hmm. but then I've also put all this extra time into it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting cause it's, uh, what is it? The, the new drawing on the right side of the brain is the name of the book. Huh. And, uh, basically like her, the point of the book is like, it's not that you don't, that you like can't draw. It's essentially that you can't see things in the same way that people who can draw can. So like the way they see things, it like they just understand it in a different way. And that allows them to be able to express it through drawing and stuff like that. Um, whereas I don't, I mean, I don't really actually know how good you are drawing, but, um, um, well, so I, I don't practice much as a kid. And, there's like this sort of cliche saying that they say in art school. That's like, you know, as a kid, everyone knows, everyone knows how to draw. Every kid knows how to draw. And sure. at some point they stopped. Sure. Right. Some kids they, are naturally better stopped. at it. Though. They stopped drawing. Yeah. Well, or at some point someone told them they couldn't. Yes. Right. 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 Like, and I mean, that happened with me with like, with singing, mm. like I grew up, I used to love to sing. I'd make up like my own songs, sing them all the time, nice. sing along to songs on radio. And then yeah. someone in middle school was like, and kids are terrible, horrible creatures. Yeah. And they should all just <laughs> go away for a very long time. <laughs> I didn't say die. Well, you know, one of those things to apologize. Oh, about. I'd have to apologize for that later. No, but like, I don't know. Kids are mean to other kids a lot of times. And so, you know, someone that, you know, I either liked or was like in our friend group was mm-hmm. like, you can't sing. Stop singing. I had the same thing happen. Really? I, you know, I don't want to. I want to. No, no, the no. Rest of yours I want to hear. Well, so like you, people listening to this won't really know, although they might, because I like to do little <laughs> stupid, sing little stupid ditties sometimes. But you know that, like, I just like dumbly sing all the time, and yeah. like I, I have a halfway decent voice, but like it's not, it's not great. But you I don't, carry I don't mind using and it. I don't mind using it's it. It's not unpleasant. Yeah, exactly. So, but when I was younger, I was very afraid of singing, and I would like occasionally do it, and someone was like, "Oh, it doesn't sound very good." Once, and I was like, "That was like it for like six years past yeah. that point." It was like no more singing for me. Um, it was like a family friend or something like that. And they were yeah. like, Oh, like, what are you, are you singing right now? And I was just like, mm, well, not anymore. It's done. Yep. Uh, yeah. Same boat. And then someone in high school, like when I was like senior year was like, Steve, you have a really nice voice. Mm. And I was like, no, I don't. Don't say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, please. No. Don't bring he, me back uh, there. Uh, uh, right. Give me like in a terror. It's like, are you going to make me sing now? Is this going to be a thing? <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, and then he just put that mic in front of you, and it turned out you were at the talent show. No! <laughs> Help me! <laughs> uh, so anyway, back to, back to the thread. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the thread? <laughs> well, we were talking about things oh, that sorry. you... Yeah, so kids, aspects of your life that you kids think know how to draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, when I was in... The, the whole point of me saying this was like when I uh, was... I, I don't draw that much anymore. Mm. Um but I know that I can mm-hmm. because there was an exercise that we did when I was in graphic design school that was um, where we basically had to draw things. And 
the exercise to get us to do it was actually to look at the to observe the space around what we were drawing mm. and draw that instead. Like yeah. Start with that. Start with the the space around it, right. and then fill in the details of the thing once you've started with the space around it. Um, and that for me, like, helped me start to actually see the thing yeah. that I was trying to draw. I mean, that might even like. I'm talking about this book. I, I, I read Mindset, but I haven't read the drawing yeah. book. Uh, it, that might even be one of the things that she has you do or something like that. Yeah, I so, I mean, at least for me, it's like, oh, man, yeah, there's definitely techniques that help me get out of my own head right. and forget the fact that I've told myself time and time again that I'm not good enough, I don't know right. how to do this thing, I'll never measure up. Like, yep. it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, <laughs> and you and I have talked about this a good amount, is like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good we are. If we enjoy doing the thing that we're doing, let's just keep trying it and eventually yeah, we'll get better at it that's it that's practice a... doesn't make perfect but it <laughs> certainly helps <laughs> that's a meta narrative about this podcast <laughs> it is yeah uh yeah, yeah definitely and especially for th- like uh for kind of low risk things or like risk in your life like yeah. hey you do drawing for a while and like it's okay why not yep. like it's not gonna you're not gonna lose your career because you did that people aren't gonna ridicule you especially as adults like what are they gonna do be like ah, that's a stupid thing it's not like you're hanging it up everywhere necessarily yeah but yeah it's worthwhile to try and you um, can disable the comments on youtube if you really don't want people to <laughs> you're gonna live stream you. your you're drawing. actually why not yeah yeah actually i mean like even me saying that like anytime that so the first time i read it i was like hyper aware of things in my life and then i kind of let it go for a while and there was, especially with doing some of the creative stuff I've been doing lately or even doing this podcast or some classes I've been taking, uh, it's it's helpful for me to be listening to this again. I just kind of did it coincidentally because I was just looking mm. for another book to reread or one that I liked. And I started listening to it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, yeah. I, anytime that I think, wow, maybe I'm just not good at this thing, it, I probably can at least be better at it. Yeah, maybe I'm not going to be the greatest because maybe that would take me a hundred extra hours, and I don't want to put that time in. But I can be better well, than I am. You can be it. the greatest in a hundred hours. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You could be, yeah, definitely better. Probably, probably better 15, than you are. Sixty, sixty hours. Sixty maybe. tops. You're <laughs> uh, starting from such a high point. Yeah, it's true. So. This thing that we're this amorphous thing that we're talking about. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It just reminds me that anytime I think that way about really any aspect of my life. It's really just the amount of time I'm willing to put into it. Yeah. Uh, unless it was like tallest man. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's certain things. There's some stuff that like growth mindset doesn't apply to. And yes. I was actually like, maybe that's what you're getting. Yeah. Kind of. That was one course. of the things that I was sort of wondering about. It's like, you know, there are certain physical attributes, right? But like, I was on Instagram the other day, and th- because I'm, you know, meeting with a trainer at a gym, I follow him and a few other people at the gym. So Instagram every now and again throws. Like gym bots, gym people at me. No, like you know, the explore thing. Yeah, no, I don't. And I saw this dude without a pectoral muscle. He had no pec. Like he was missing one. He's missing a pec, born without that muscle. And Are he, you joking around there? Right no, now? I'm serious. Oh, and he bench presses 380. Jeez. Yeah. And it's like, how did he bounce that? You out? look at like the picture, of, like the photograph of him. Yeah. He's got like one full muscle on one side yeah. and just flat on the other crazy and it's like so holy it's just like okay, i mean we don't have to go yeah there, and there's guess, a video yeah. of him benching like 380 pounds and it was like that's but a pretty like, good there's like there's right fixed there. well and but the fixed thing is he's fixed because there is this actual limitation on him physically right like sure he may there may be like he may have been able to bench 500 pounds if if he didn't have this physical limitation sure, sure. however 
like before he started working out, I, I'm willing to guarantee that he wasn't benching 380 pounds. No way. And I'm, I'm willing yeah. to guarantee that he probably didn't look at that, you know, that, uh, way that he was born is like, Oh, I can move, you know, I'm going to move past this one day and, and hit this amazing goal. Yeah. It's probably like through like small moments of struggle or, and triumph Yeah, and like trying, repeating things over and over again and stepping up to each challenge with like, you know, that, that thought of like, I can do better. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean like to, for someone missing a whole pack to yeah. get to 380 seems like a pretty good growth mindset. <laughs> like you said, like there's a, there's a, maybe an upper limit. Like maybe he could never become like a national level person because of that maybe, uh, but maybe he could, but maybe he that's could pretty be. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, cause I mean, they talk about, they talk about like Michael Jordan in it, for instance. Oh yeah. And they, they talk about a lot of people like that. Um, those types of people. And she talks a lot about how with athletes, people tend to forget what the athlete did to get to where they are. Mm. And they just go, that person's a natural athlete. They look at Michael Jordan, they go, he's the best. It's just what he always would have been. But she talks about the fact that he was like cut from his team when he was younger, that he like pretty much worked harder than like anyone in basketball ever for his entire career. And that one of the lowest points of his career, I mean, not low, but like one, one point in his career, they didn't do as well was when he came back to basketball after he had like retired and done baseball. Yeah. Um, and after that season, he realized like, oh, I need he he wasn't putting in the same amount of effort he used to. He put the same amount of effort in again, and then they won you know a bunch of championships or whatever. I don't know what they're called in basketball, sure. but yeah, they you know like it's easy to look back on on stuff and be like that person's just naturally gifted, but most of the time they put in a crazy amount of effort before that point, and right. people just forget about it. You know, yeah. Um, and there there is like one of the things that I sort of, that I think about with this too, is like the societal implication of this idea. Like, I think that there are some ways that like society rigs the game, right? So one example, so I've got two examples here. One is like that guy with the the pack, right? Yeah. He can't compete in certain competitions, like based on weight, right? Uh, So if you think, well, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. uh, like let's say he's 200 pounds and Mm -hmm. the top, uh, bench press at two, you know, a man who weighs 200 pounds, hypothetically, let's just say it's 600 pounds. Sure. Right. He can't compete in that because the way that society has set up right. this competition is actually a fixed, it seems like it's a fixed mindset style competition. Sure. Like it's not geared toward making it so someone like him could actually be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. In, you know, in that world. Right. Right. Which is like, man, that's kind of unfair. That sucks. So yeah. like, you know, part of, it seems like part of the growth mindset is figuring out, okay, where, where can I be competitive? Yeah. Like where, where can my influence be? Like, can I be a, um, you know, positive role model or, you know, something like that or mentor yeah. toward other people right. who maybe have this condition or maybe don't like someone like me, who's looking at that, like, geez, why don't I just get off my butt and try Seriously, something? Yeah. Because right. it's like, if this dude can do it and overcome this huge obstacle, and maybe, you know, maybe I can, right? right. Um, so there's that side, but then there's also that other side. And you and I talked about, you know, like privilege and starting point, you yeah, know, kind of yeah. joked about it on an, an earlier episode. But okay. like, there is like a huge amount, like the fact that someone is able to spend a lot of time practicing a craft or like getting right. good, mm-hmm. it's like, there's, there's a head start there, like if they get that, that a lot of people don't get. And I think right. like a lot of the, the recent criticism that's come from like Silicon Valley and this whole culture of, 
um, like, well, you, you know, you have to start coding in high school or like grade school now. Right. And then in middle school and, you know, if you're pretty good, then, you know, you're still coding through high school. And then when you get to college, you kind of breeze through it because mm-hmm. it's like super easy. And then you get like this programmer job and it's like, well, what about the people who like decided to study something else in college who are coming to it with a radically different viewpoint that's actually probably more helpful to the business that they're serving Yeah. than just, you know, being a straight up programmer, programmer, programmer. Um, that's an interesting, like, you know, that's the, interesting. the world is, you know, like things, the structures that are in place are kind of rigged. In yeah. A and that, way. and that will definitely deter a lot of people from doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I, that you, it just made me think of something that I never really thought of. Like it's technically a good thing, but I never really thought of the negative aspect of it, but of how much push there's been in, in I say recent years, but I'm, I'm sure it's been going on for even longer than that, but of people who, want to see more like for instance like computer science education in, in mm-hmm. early years in school like that's really important and that'll get people into these jobs that actually does kind of send a message to people now of like you missed the boat like sorry like we're gonna get these kids in but you're not gonna really make it because we got to start from then so that they can get into these jobs like yeah people can start now why that does send like a subtle like a very subtle message of you're too late right even though that their intentions are good and they're, you know, trying to help kids now and like get people built up ahead of time. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a really interesting point. When like the weird reality of it is like, if I was to approach something like say algebra now, I would have a much easier time grasping algebra now Seriously. and learn it a lot faster than I did when I was in seventh grade. Right. Like it wouldn't take me two years to get through algebra <laughs> right. now where it took me two years to get through it then. Yeah, Nicole and I have talked about that before. Like, languages we've learned mm-hmm. when we were younger felt, like, impossible. And not – I mean, not that I've got <laughs> – more of it's, like, a <laughs> commitment to getting it done <laughs> yeah. now is the problem of learning languages. But, like, when I'm learning them, it's like, oh, these things all make sense. Like, I get the components of them. As long as I put in the time, I'll get it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't need four years to do it. Like, I could get no. it done way faster now. Uh, but yeah, it's, you look back on it and you're like, why couldn't I figure these things out? Right. <laughs> I mean, and obviously there's an accumulation of like education and stuff, I guess that contributes to it now, probably. Maybe, or maybe it's just being an adult and you see We have a friend who's homeschooled, know. graduated at 13 wow. high school and is finishing up like a second year of college now. Wow. And he's like, actually 11 now. He's actually Benjamin yeah, Buttoning. He's, he's Benjamin Buttoning. But I, I mean, I don't think it's like a cognitive capacity thing. I I think like some of it has to do with the way that we approach and I'm almost wondering if there is sort of this, you know, fixed world approach yeah. to the way that we think about learning things is like, you know, you, but you have to go through these steps. Well, no, Why? there's, there's actually a lot of shortcuts in especially math. Right. It's like, if you actually, if you understand higher concepts, like, or you know how to program a graphing calculator to help you cheat. Uh, <laughs> Did you do that? I will neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the back of math class playing with that calculator. <laughs> nice. See, I didn't because I was never into that kind of stuff. When I yeah, was yeah, I made games. Calculator was just like, it was a thing I typed numbers into. I didn't know how to do anything with it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to learn how that thing worked. Like, that's what I cared about I in math. Care. I didn't want to do the every other odd problem in the book. Are you right. kidding? The calculator is more fun, but yeah, I, I think it's more fun now. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's good. Uh, it's good working a little bit with code. 
which I haven't done in a while and I really am missing, as you can see on like my personal projects of like, like everything your personal project involves code. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much at this point. Oh gosh. Uh maybe. Uh, All my personal projects are artistic. Yeah. That is true. You have like pretty creative personal projects. I guess I'm Well, I mean I'm not I'm not too my own horn, definitely. But I mean like yeah, all the things I do tend to be more like which side of your brain is the creative side? I don't know. One of the sides. One of the sides. They tend to be more related to that stuff. Yeah. Than they are to coding, I guess, because that's what I do all the time. But mm. that's true. I still love it and I do do stuff with it on the side, but I I find a lot of the design work that I do to be very like on the more whatever the technical side of the brain is, that that logical problem solving side it's more problem solving yeah i mean when you do user experience it's more like how do things fit together how do people deal with things than it is like creating a beautiful picture or something like that. yeah and i mean now that yeah my job has shifted a little bit more into being a visual designer Hmm. like i'm doing a bit more creatively but the fact is i'm still working in like software applications that have pixels and i'm doing pretty heavy math to make hmm. sure things are symmetrical and have like the right weight on a page, et cetera. But yeah. like some of that's visual, but the majority of it is technical. It's, you know, figuring out relationships Yeah, on screen. Um, but ironically, you yeah. probably do more math than I do. Well, it's all, yeah, it's like multiples of three and four. Right. Basically. <laughs> Basically, you're just dealing with time signatures. Yeah, three, four, six, eight, twelve. That's it, <laughs> and maybe twenty-four. Ooh, yeah. fancy. Oh yeah. But yeah, fixed, uh, fixed and growth, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You should really like. I get too pumped about every book I read, but this one in particular. No, I've I've heard a lot about this book. Um, enough that I'm wondering if I don't have to read it. <laughs> but I do. There, there are things that that do intrigue me about it. Like I do yeah. kind of want a little bit of a deeper dive, um, on some of these. Cause like, I don't know, uh, being a sociology undergrad, like for me, the majority of the books we read that sort of were like the summary books, I'd be more interested to go back into the original research. Mm. Um, cause that I actually find to be kind of more fascinating. Mm. Um, kind of understand like what the approach was and sort of, I guess maybe the technical aspect of like, how'd you come to this conclusion? And to me, that's like so much time that I would rather have the summary. Like, cause unless, yeah. cause it's like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, sometimes I like, I don't know. I like the exercise of observing it and saying like, would I come to the same conclusions? Like with the same research, do I believe the same thing? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, like recently my frustration with a lot of like internet writing instead of like book writing, like, cause I think, I think books, even the like pop psychology books are still relatively academic. Mm-hmm. Like they still at least have an academic base to them. Um, yeah, this book is a like mainstream book, but it's backed by the fact that she's been doing research into this for, you know, yeah, 10 or 15 or 20 years, whatever. So yeah. But, like, I don't know. I, for me, I think sometimes I like going back to the source material. Mm. Like, it's much more, like, Wikipedia is great, but it's awesome <laughs> to see what it cites. Yeah. Right? Like, encyclopedias are an awesome resource, but, mm. like, I do care about primary and secondary texts. Mm. Like, a tertiary text is interesting, and you can form a narrative around it, like, and make it. What about know, a quartiary? Qu- yeah, sure. I don't know. Whatever that is. <laughs> like, you you can 
put you know put your own spin on it and have certain biases but like the closer you yeah. get to the source and and then understanding like how the source came to be and what the culture is around it like the i i end up feeling more connected to whatever the the tertiary or secondary source like pulled from it yeah i mean that's i get that that's yeah. pretty cool uh i think i mean certainly for me like I'm very much like a, I'm the type of person who, if you're watching a TV show or watching a movie, uh, if you miss a few minutes of it, I'm like, no, 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 I got to go back. I got to watch that thing. Yeah. So like, I'm not like, if someone was like, yeah, I mean, basically we've had all these conversations. You basically read that book. Like we've talked about all (laughs) things in it. I'd be like, that's cool. I'm glad you said that. Anyways, where's the book? I'm going to read it because I need to know all the things it said. Right. Uh, It's not like I, maybe it's like a completionist side or whatever, but like, I feel like I, I have to use the actual thing it's not the same to me to get it from third hand even though like that can be as completely as valid in tons of things that i do at work and stuff i've learned you know secondhand or whatever never read a book on them but i just did them and learned them from other people Hmm. uh so i am trying not to say to you you need to read it it's not the same for people to talk to you about it (laughs) because it is valid for you to do that and i'm just projecting that you have to read it because uh, for me, I would have to read it. it but if I matter. only read four books a year, <laughs> and seven of them are Harry Potter, wow! How am I going to fit this one in? <laughs> I feel like there was a magic spell you invoked to actually make that math work. <laughs> well, the first three books are basically the same length as the last four books. Oh, right. So you read four books. How many times have you read Harry Potter? More, more than twice. Yeah, three times now. Wow. Yeah, I've. Never read a fiction book more than once. Really? Any fiction book. Oh, you get so much more from it every time you read it. I go crazy rereading fiction books. I can rewatch a movie. I can... Even rewatching shows is very difficult. I can't... The idea of doing it is like makes me feel claustrophobic. But rereading a book... I I start reading it and I'm like, I know pages. I know. I get it. I get what you're saying. The first time I read it was like middle school... And then, like, you know, through high school and a little bit of college. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do not there's have n- that same. There's, and there, there is nothing to even defend wow. about doing it. But to me, that yeah. sounds horrible. But you would reread a nonfiction book. I would, I would re-listen to a nonfiction book. I probably wouldn't even be able to reread one because yeah. when I, when I'm actually reading things, I already know this information. This is even, stupid. No, it's not even that because they're actually. It's funny you mentioned that because there's a different book I listened to recently, um, which reiterated something that I've heard lots of times, which is like one of the worst things you can say is I already know that. Hmm. Like if you know something really well and you're hearing it or reading it, you should just be kind of like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense and moving through it, but not going mm. like, eh, I already know that. Because if you already, if you like were in it and doing it. It wouldn't bother you that you're being reiterated. Like it's part of you. Oh, interesting. Versus like reading it and being like, ah, I know that. I'm just going to move past it. So like, why doesn't this apply to fiction? Uh, because I, I just, I feel like I'm thinking about all the parts that I know already, and it, it just, I can't get through it. I, I want to just skip uh, everything because every like some parts I'll read and be like, oh, I forget, you know, like because I've, I've read like portions of books before again. Uh, and some parts I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. But I'll be – anytime I hit a part I know, I get, I just get like – I'm just huh. like, oh, I just want to get past this. Like I know it already. Like I want to keep going. And it just really – it literally makes me feel claustrophobic just to think about rereading a book I've already read. Like I'm like I'm trapped in it. Like what it's about a, a poem? 
That would be fine. If it's very short, that's fine. A short poem would be fine, but a longer poem would not yeah, be. Yeah, so like, you know, Dante's Inferno or something. Like, I'm not going to reread that. No, there's no point in rereading that. But what about, <laughs> like, like uh, a, a collection of poems from, like, E.E. E. Cummings or uh, something by, Reading like, different ones individually is fine because I, I don't feel trapped. But there's okay. a sense like I'm in a fictional word prison. So when you're <laughs> listening to a, a pop song and it's like a three-minute pop song, are you in a three-minute prison? Yes. Until that song is over? <laughs> but I enjoy that prison because it's a passive you prison. you sing along. It's a passive prison. Okay. There's a passive and an active prison that I live in <laughs> yep. at any time. The, the active prisons are the ones that I'm reading. If, if Maybe even listening to a book I've – a fiction book again, I could maybe do that. So the song is because you don't have to engage with it. You're not – yeah, it doesn't bother me. Trapped in it. Plus, it engages your emotions in a different way, like listening okay. to a song. And it's kind of more like a subconscious thing that you're not actively engaged with most of the time. Yeah. Versus like books. I, I also have a problem where like when I'm listening to something or someone else is listening to something, I have a very hard time paying attention to that person because mm. I want to be listening to that thing. Even if a thing doesn't matter to me or I've heard it before. Oh. So like yeah. Nicole, like my my wife. Let's say NPR is on in the background. and That doesn't bother me so okay. much. Um Although it could. Yeah. yeah, it could. So what's this thing with Nicole? She she can just like be engaged with you and have a thing on in the background and nope. be perfectly fine. I cannot do that at all. Nope. Are you agreeing like you can't I do am, that? I'm in the same boat as you, my friend. Yeah, she she'll like she like is always, you know, in the morning she has a podcast on or whatever and I'll go in to like talk to her or whatever and we'll be talking and she'll just leave it on. And my brain is just like split in half. I'm like, I can't. And eventually, a lot of times, I'll just be like, I, I just, I'm gonna pause this right now. Like, yep. I can't because I'm not engaging. And it's not even fully. your thing. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not, and sometimes it'll even be stuff I have heard before, but I'll still start listening to it and just be like, uh, I can't be, have both of these. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, it splits your brain. Uh, at least for, it splits my brain in a very weird way that makes me like exhausted. Yeah, definitely. Like if I have to listen to two people talking at the same time and pay attention to one and not the other, and mm. they're both like talking to me, that's what it's like. You know, that's, it's funny that actually what it feels like for doesn't me. Doesn't bother me that much. Really? Two people talking? Yeah. No, two people talking to you. Yeah. I, I'd imagine I it, it would definitely bother. It seems the like other it should be that, that you're listening to them <laughs> and ignoring totally them completely. Does. But <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, they wouldn't like it, but no, no, I, I understand. Yeah. No. It probably would bother me that, though. Yeah. I think so. Do you ever have the thing where you're listening to something or watching something and someone talks to you and in the back of your mind, you know, something was said and you're like, wait, and you oh, look yeah. at them and they're like, so, <laughs> yeah. and, and you, you, the words that come out of my mouth are, I I have no idea what you just said. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Pause. What? I'm sorry. I was watching this thing and I, yeah, like it's, it's almost like there's like the subconscious part of your mind is listening to them yeah. and it, it mostly heard like, and your <laughs> eyes may even be looking directly at them, <laughs> but your attention is still nah. on yep. the thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah, oh man, me all the time. that is difficult. Yeah, because well, I, like when I engage with media or <laughs> when I, <laughs> we both just looked at the computer the and stopped listening to each other. <laughs> like I, I have to, like I have to turn one of them off. Like you got to turn yeah. your voice off, or I got to turn this yeah. thing off. But I can't do both, yeah. especially if I like the thing I'm hearing. It doesn't always matter if I like it, but if I really like it, then I'm just like. 
I, I can't. I, yeah, and I have shouting matches in the car where I li- will yell at Siri because like someone's in like someone in their car is talking and Siri will interrupt with like directions. Turn left on Route Six. And, <laughs> like, shut up! I know that I can see the map. Go away. We get it, Siri. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Attention is a crazy thing. Tension. Attention. attention. Oh yeah. Attention. Focus. Yeah. Growth yeah. mindset. Yeah. All crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in reading that book. If it is less than ten dollars, I will add it to my my wish list and honestly, I could probably just, buy it at some point. But yeah, anyways, you should. Uh, you know what? You do what you want. You live your life. Yeah. If you feel like if you re-listen to this podcast forty times, and you're yeah. like, I get it. I get what mindset's all about by JP half explaining it to me. <laughs> I think I get it. <laughs> Basically, I'm a scientist. Now. I don't need to dig in. Well, I think actually, like. I think about it a lot for uh, teachers and stuff too, because they, they have a long segment near the end of the book that goes into how to apply, how to help kids uh, move into a growth mindset, how to help teachers with that, how to help parents with that. Um, Just helping children to the way you talk to them, the way you react to the way that they uh, approach things. So there's like an example in the book um, about a kid saying like, Oh, I did this thing today, um, but it was super easy. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, uh, I don't remember exactly what she said for the first time, but it was essentially like, that's too bad. Like, it must mean that you weren't like, you didn't have to try super hard for it. So for next time, like, make it more challenging by doing mm-hmm. this. Like, telling them, like, that's, you know, I'm I'm glad you were able to do that, but it probably means you didn't challenge yourself enough. So, like, how can you challenge yourself more next time? Sort of like yeah. entrapping them into, yeah. into like, learning more. You you can celebrate to a certain extent, but you're not just like, oh, wow, you're so smart. And now, like, you've said to them, like, uh... I have an expectation that, you did this thing easily. I now think you're smart because you did this thing easily. And if it doesn't come to you easily in the future, you're probably going to stop doing it entirely. Yeah. You're going to drop out of it yep. because you you now have an expectation for yourself of if I'm not good at this thing, I'm not smart. Right. And so that's that's really more the problem. It's not like you know tricking kids into trying to having to work harder or something like that. It's making sure they don't get into the trap of I'm my parents don't think I'm smart if I'm not good at this thing. Yeah. Because then you're going to if you if you burn out of it for some reason, some other factor got you out of it, then it's not you anymore. And so you you don't feel like your parents will have the same like shame about you or whatever because yeah. of that. And so that's that's more more what it builds towards. It's like I guess in some ways it's like keeping you away from the fixed mindset and getting you into the growth mindset, but mm. uh yeah, so it's it's kind of like I mean you've probably heard read all those articles and stuff about like don't tell your kids that they're super smart or whatever like it can have a negative effect. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I don't. I'm not saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any kids, so like I, I'm not not telling a kid right now that they're not smart because of yeah. that. But I see some aspects of it. No, like, no kids are smart. That's the whole problem. That's the problem. That's, no kids are smart. No kids are smart. So please, parents, parents, uh, do not come tell close. Your- do not tell your kids that they're smart because they're you not. Even tell them they're dumb. Like, I don't know. Look at someone like Albert Einstein or Isaac Newton That's or right. any other dead white man and compare your child to them <laughs> and say, is my child as smart as this, this Nobel winning physicist or mathematician or if writer? If they're not, they're dumb. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, Actually, one, they, no one is smart. Please stop telling people they are. They talk about Beethoven at mm. one point. They talk about a bunch of other people. I think uh, you mean Beethoven. They talk about Beethoven. 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 <laughs> and Beethoven. 
apparently like there was like a 10 year period where most of the music he released was actually not very good. Yeah. And it was like re it was like rehashes of like earlier people's music. And then eventually he got to that point where he was creating stuff that was like, you know, revolutionary or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, you, and you talk about Albert Einstein, like obviously these people have natural abilities and stuff too, but they also, most of them did work hard very well as as well. Like Isaac Newton, I'm pretty sure worked extremely hard and was constantly doing experience stuff. Thomas Edison, he was the one who did the light bulb, right? Sure. Uh, they, they, they would actually talk to people about like, Hey, what do you think Thomas Edison did? Like, did he make the light bulb? And they were like, yeah, he did it on his own. He was kind of a recluse. He was actually had like 30 people working for him around the clock and they were all like, you know, super master's degree type people or PhD type people just constantly working on this stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these great inventors or people, they were surrounded by other people who were either better than them or who knew things and were able to like augment what they knew. Right. With, you know, more, more. There's always something that comes from growth hacking. Yeah. Growth hacking. But yeah, it sounds like a really interesting book. I'm definitely willing. I don't think anyone should read it. Honestly, I'm willing to explore it. (laughs) It it sounds good. Um, yeah, the, actually the, the education thing intrigues me. Um, and like how you respond to a gifted child Mm. in a way. You mean like a kid who, who, more naturally has well no i mean like the kid who like you gave me this assignment and it was easy like oh i'm done you know like 10 10 15 minutes before all the other kids Mm. like i think i i do i do wonder if there's like if there's a way of encouraging or or pushing that's that's both like affirming and coaching right well, like, so one of the things they say is like you you can tell that person they did a great job, and you can say like, "Wow, you must have worked really hard," or like, hmm. "That's great how like how much effort you put into doing this," or stuff like yeah. that. Essentially, like you're telling them, "I don't think you're just naturally like I don't think it's just like you just did it because you're great." It's like I think you're a really hard worker. I'm going to make like, a hypothesis about what you did, yes, and confirm that hypothesis with you so you can participate in. That's a great yeah. That's a great way of describing it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean. Maybe you know they didn't work that hard, but like you're kind of essentially if they agree to that and they're like, oh, thank you, like that's yeah, sure. Yes, I did. My, my hard work led to my to, success. Yeah, then they're probably going to work harder next time. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Yeah, it was a lot about yeah, mindset. I love that. That was awesome. Um, well, thank you, JP. Hey, thank you. Yeah, it's so hard to say goodbye. It's really hard. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>